Blog Talk Radio. Minions, it's Saturday morning. You know what that means. It means welcome aboard. It is time to kick things off here at the Balance High Atop the Balance Studios in the West Suburbs of Indianapolis. We got a great show with you today. We got the fantasy football gang here uh, today. We're going to be breaking down our fantasy football huddle, getting ready for week two, uh, and uh, certainly be talking about the impact of Aaron Rodgers and the impact that it had. In the fantasy world, the ripple effect of the Aaron Rodgers story. Well, we won't just be focusing on Aaron Rodgers, though, but certainly that's going to be a uh, big story, if you will, uh, bringing us into week two. Uh, what do owners do? How do they handle that? Uh, by now, I would hope that you um, already made that decision. And, and uh, uh, ironically enough, one of the guys that's joining us, John Tripp, uh, uh, had to deal with that. So we'll talk with him about how he had to deal with. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Nate Snyder also uh, will be joining us in our fantasy football uh, huddle. Uh, so uh, really excited to get started with them. And then we'll be, I'll be talking a little college football, a little spreads, and then talk about that big win for Justin Algrager last night in Bristol. And yeah, Dale Jr. made an appearance and uh, well, let's just say it was a little hot for it. <laughs> then we'll wrap it up with Ed Kratz, beat writers for Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, the official contributor, uh, our official NFL contributor. We'll be talking week one NFL and looking forward to week two. I'll obviously be talking about his uh, Philadelphia Eagles and back-to-back wins. And I'm going to tell you, the, the, the conversation has already begun. The conversation has already begun that the uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles are going to make a repeat to the Super Bowl. I hope so. I, I love the Eagles. They're my second favorite uh, NFC team. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Stick around. It's about to get good right here on the Balance Radio Network. Never get lonely. I got these goals to keep me company. I took the rear view off of this so forward, so I only see him in front of me. Now the past is out of sight and out of mind. Swore I changed, now I'm back chasing these white lines. I'm the Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
with over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. to the battle. It's time to kick things off. My name is Don Mark Marcel, Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We're about to get your fantasy lineup squared away for week two. It's a fantasy football huddle. Joining us now is uh, Nate Snyder, part of our fantasy football huddle. Nate, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm much better after that theme music coming in there. That was electric. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I strive to be electric. I don't know where our friend John Tripp is, so I will wait about publicly shaming him. I just texted him and said, hey, man, let's go. Let's roll. It's time to roll. Hey, you know what, though? Before we get started, man, I, I, I totally neglected this last time, and I wanted to make sure that I talked with you about it. You are, uh, you are a, in a, a – I won't say NFL, but you, you are a great college kicker, and uh, you have quite, uh, quite the resume, uh, sir. Uh, 
So the way I understand the story, the way that it happened, and maybe uh, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You you graduated from IU, and then you transferred to Louisiana. We joined the Raging Cajuns, and I I understand that you had a part in like a big game against uh, uh, a win against uh, 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 Georgia Southern. Sorry, I had to get my my name right because uh, Louisiana plays the UAB today, but. Yeah, tell us about that experience real quick. I thought it had to have been fun to get the 53-yard oh, yeah, game cool. winner. Yeah, it was a 53 yard game winner. That, that was good. I think I was like two for four or something going into that game, so it was kind of good to prove myself there. Um, you know, I was a big kick. We were we had we were coming off a real good season, so you know it was real important to stay undefeated at that time because we were going for a New Year's Six Bowl, which is hard to do from the group of five. So it was a real important kick. It kept us nationally ranked. Um, yeah, it pushed us to three and out, so it was awesome. Well, I saw your I saw your your interview with uh, ESPN on the sideline. That had to have been pretty cool. And to quote you, the set the second I hit it, I knew it was good. I think I was off. Oh yeah, it was, I was off halfway to the sideline before the ball even hit the end zone. Yep. Oh, that, there's some pretty cool. Uh, you know, we have all kinds of camera angles for film that like that's not on TV. Um, you can see. I hit the ball and looked up and I immediately start running to the sideline. So it, it was pretty, pretty cool there. Yeah, the second hit my foot, I knew it was right down the middle. I love it. So it, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But what, what was, what made the, what ended your uh, kicking career? Uh, obviously, uh, we worked together. So and I know I don't play for the NFL. So <laughs> go ahead, buddy. Right. I know what you're saying there. Um, yeah, it just was, it's such a competitive league, especially being a kicker. Yeah. It's, you, you have to be so good. I mean, they cut guys for missing one kick, and I just wasn't, you know, passionate about it anymore. It wasn't my number one priority. It wasn't something that I was going to spend 60 hours a week doing, you know, um, just obsessing over. I, I just, yeah. It, it kind of burned out with me a little bit. So I, I knew yeah. I wasn't going to go in and waste anybody's time. So I just – I was ready to work, believe it or not. You know, I don't know if I – if I still am, I'm not looking forward to Monday, but at the time, I was ready to go to work. <laughs> hey, well, I know you're a colleague of mine, and you're one of the best we got. So uh, so let's get let's get on into it, and I don't know where Trip is, so it's just going to be you and I. Obviously, week two, and, and we want to talk about injuries because that's a huge impact on it, and I wanted to, to have Trip, but nonetheless, let's, let's talk about obviously the biggest uh, injury of week one was Aaron Rodgers. Nobody, nobody likes to see that happen. And, you know, I know I kind of chirped a little bit about it because, you know, of all that, not necessarily against Aaron Rodgers, but all the media hype that was put on him. You know, they, the only reason yeah. they did the hard knocks with Jax was because of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers this, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers this, it's second coming. You know, they might as well have given the New York Jets the, the Lombardi trophy before the season even started. And then, you know, it was tragic. You, you know, this could be the end of his career seeing his age and all. We don't, we, we don't know that yet. Uh, but uh, huge, huge impact to uh, the fantasy owners. So let's talk a little bit about the ripple effect of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and I think a lot of people looked at Josh Kelly. I didn't see exactly. I don't think that's who uh, John Tripp used to re- uh, replace uh, him. I'm not totally sure about that. I, I, I can pull that up here. Actually, he, he picked up Christian Watson, I believe, or, or Brock Purdy. Anyway, those are the two quarterbacks that he's, he's got going right now. So uh, the the effect of Aaron Rodgers in fantasy football, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like to stay away from those older guys. I mean, nothing against them. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback and potentially a future Hall of Famer for sure. So, you know, he'd be a great pickup, but I wasn't drafting Tom Brady last year. You know, I'll tell you that. So that's kind of why, you know, the guys are a little more injury prone. They can't move in the pocket as well. So, you know, they're kind of running away from injury there when you have 300-pound people chasing you. So I didn't like it from the start, and that's exactly why. Um, you know, I, I, I again, I think he's a great quarterback, but it's just – not this year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him on a fantasy team this year. Well, let's talk about some other notable injuries, and then we'll move on uh, throughout the uh, roster lineup to help people uh, uh, get their fantasy football lineup. Cooper Cup, uh, a wide receiver for L.A., is he was placed on IR late last week, meaning that he won't be able to return until at least late week five. Uh, this is to a, a, uh, a hamstring injury. Um, so certainly the, the, the risk for re-injury is there. Uh, you know, I think some some considerations there uh, would be uh, Zach Wilson to pick up if he's available on your waiver wire. If you've not already done that, chances are right now you're looking at your team and you're saying, okay, I need to take care of this. Or, you know, you've already made your decision on who you're going to pick up when you see one of your players go into the IR. Uh, but Zach Wilson uh, would be a good addition in my mind to pick up if he's available in, in leagues right, with Cooper Cup and then talk with me a little bit about what your thoughts about Cooper Cup wide receiver for the uh, uh, Rams. Yeah, you know, you hate those early season or even preseason injuries because if you're not playing 100% speed and the guy across from you is, you're more likely to, you know, get hurt again or hurt something else. So, you know, that's just a bad sign all around. You know, he's a great player and would normally be a great fantasy addition. Those those preseason injuries and those week one injuries are really tough. Um, I actually did pick up Zach Wilson. I thought he was a good get just in case something happens to my starting quarterback. Uh, you know, I figured he's going to score some points and, you know, they like to throw the ball over there. So, uh, yeah, I agree with both those points you had there. So, uh, when you picked up Zach Wilson, did you pick him up in the draft? He's he's a quarterback for the Jets, and I mean it's his it's his team now. Uh, what what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Are you gonna are you gonna just keep him on your bench? Uh, what's your what's your plan for Zach Wilson? I picked him up as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down, so I picked him up off waivers. <laughs> but he yeah Smart. he was available. I grabbed him. Love um, it. I had Josh Allen as my quarterback. I think he scored a whole grand total of eight points last week. So, normally he was, you know, 30-plus points every yeah. week. And, you know, you, you got to have good depth on any team to win. So, I figured he'd add some depth there in my quarterback room. Well, you know, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I just had something go screaming in my ear. I love that when that happens. Uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, that was a – a great, great choice for you to pick up on Zach Wilson. Uh, another, just one more injury that I wanted to, to get into, Travis Kelsey uh, has a knee hyperextension and um, with a pretty wide range of outcomes. And uh, it's just a bone bruise. And, and uh, they they say that there's a 75% chance that he'll play in week two. Um, so I would continue to monitor his practice reports. I, I didn't see the Chiefs practice reports this year. I know it's still early in the season, but the Chiefs may have realized how important Travis Kelsey is to their success. I mean, let's go back to the game against, uh, you know, Philadelphia and, and so forth. Travis Kelsey uh, can't – I mean, if Travis Kelsey's not on the field with Patrick Mahomes, that makes it very, very uh, uh, hard for them to win. Uh, Travis Kelsey, what are your thoughts about him? injury report he yeah he he's gonna have you know two or three sets of eyes on him from a defensive perspective which he you know his, his big thing he'll open up the wide receivers he'll open up the run game because 
if he runs a route across the middle of the field, there's a little extra attention from that safety there because uh, he is a good athlete. But I had him starting on one of my other leagues I'm in um, this week. I hope, you know, if I have to make a last-minute change, I will. But being that it's a bone bruise, it's nothing structural wrong. Um, you know, they numb those guys up. He won't, he won't be able to feel it. I think he'll be fine as long as he can go out there and uh, play. I think pregame, if he's, if he's hurting a little bit, they'll give him some ibuprofen and send him on his way. I think he'll be good. Um, definitely, if it was a soft muscle or soft tissue injury or something with his, you know, ligaments, I probably wouldn't feel the same. But just because it's a bone bruise in there, I think he'll be just fine. Well, let's real quickly look at our starting uh, starting lineups. You know, I wanted to real quickly uh, look at yours. Uh, and I love the name. Yeah, if people that don't work with us don't get the name, your name, but I, I love your name. Uh, right. I'm a hashtag blitz. I, I love it. Uh, you got Josh Allen starting. Um, you, you're going to keep him in your starting uh, rotation right now for uh, for this week and week two. Yep, I think he'll bounce back. You have to when you're a starter, uh, starting quarterback. You know, college, NFL. If you have a bad week, it's important that you bounce back that very next week. So I think I think he'll do just that this week. I think he'll be fine. I think I think you're 100 right. Josh Allen is going to be one of the elite quarterbacks, and this very well might be his year, especially what we've seen in the last couple of years. Well, he he could go to another NFC championship. Let's look at Christian McCaffrey. I see you've got him as your uh, running back. Uh, you know, he's he's a he's a Swiss Army knife, and uh, I didn't get a chance to see how well he did last week. Uh, but certainly moving over to San Francisco, uh, fresh scene for him. Uh, looks like it'll be a good opportunity for him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, pretty solid uh, guy for you to start with here with him. Uh, what what are your thoughts around him? He's just a no, no-brainer there. He was uh, 25.9 points last week. He had 22 attempts rushing with 152 yards and a touchdown and three receptions, five targets, and 17 yards receiving. So, you know, you look at his attempts alone, he's close to 30 attempts a game where he's touching the ball. So he, he's just a no-brainer as far as that goes. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I've got going on in week two as well. I've got Trevor Trevor Lawrence and Joe Mixon in the matchups against Brock Purdy and, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, again, that's uh, our friend uh, Tripp's uh, team uh, who hasn't been able to join us. But, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence and, and Brock Purdy uh, uh, offer a pretty interesting matchup between the two of them. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts between the, that matchup there? Yeah, both younger guys, you know, if they have to pick up a yard running, they can. Uh, they can throw the ball well. I mean, I, I think they're two very similar players in that aspect. I, I think it would be a great game. I think, uh, you know, yeah, I couldn't sit here and tell you who I think is going to outperform who because it, it's going to be close. Well, you're you're playing our friend Frank, and the and I played him last week, and I I, I won. So he's he's got a, he's man, I, I chirped in his ear all. He's week. a little beat up. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's got Lamar Jackson, Shaquan Barkley. Uh, you got a matchup here, and you really got to look at this mat uh, matchup between uh, Shaquan Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, kind of being a little bit lopsided, uh, but for the most part, it's a pretty nice little uh, matchup that you've got going on there, but. Uh, you've got Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Shaquan Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey in the matchup there, as well as Miles Sanders and Kenneth Walker. What are your thoughts in this matchup? You know, I like it. I like where I'm sitting. I think if Josh Allen plays an average game for what he can do, I think he's going to do well. Uh, I think, you know, he'll outperform Lamar Jackson. Lamar didn't look well last week either, so he's in the same boat. He has to bounce back, and he's a great quarterback. So, he, he you know, he could be, but I think I'll make it up there in the running back room. And then I have a couple, you know, key target receivers. Even though 
Uh, T. Higgins, he didn't really get targeted last week. I think that should change this week. I think he had zero points, which was a huge surprise because he was an early pickup for me. But, um, you know, I like all my matchups. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, you know, I don't I don't see a position where I'm, I'm weak in this matchup this week. You know, let's uh, put our Homer hat on together. I mean, maybe not – I don't know if you're a Colts fan or not, but I know you, you live here uh, in the city with me. Uh, Evan Hall was placed on the injured reserve list uh, for the Colts, uh, certainly, again, hurting their running back uh, situation there with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, situation still going on. What are your outlook on the Colts and the running back situation? We talked about a little bit about this last time you guys were on. Just kind of stay away from the Colts. But Evan Hall being added to the AR, IR does not help things at all. It doesn't help. But I, I think in the NFL especially, you know, it's that's – the rushing game is so focused on that O line. I think they're so competitive running back wise. If you, you if you can get a guy that's not going to fumble and you know can run a four or five or under forty, I think you know they're pretty interchangeable. It's not the end of the world for them. You know their running back room was hurt from the beginning of the season, but I don't think it's going to end their season or anything like that. I, I think that you know obviously they're going to have to you know, go a little deeper in depth, and then they're going to have to look for people that you know aren't currently on teams and maybe find a gym there. We're talking with uh, Nate Snyder, uh, fantasy football huddle here. Uh, we, I, th- I think we're to the point where we can publicly shame John Tripp for saying, hey, man, we're going to – he ghosted us. He ghosted us. So, you know, oh. the chirping's only going to the chirping's only gonna get a little bit louder on Monday. <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to have to let him have it on Monday. I mean, but I, I guess last time we talked, he was sitting there sipping his coffee. And like I said, I'd already been up for hours scouting out my, my fantasy team there. So, probably sleeping in. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll give you credit. We do know that he, he coaches uh, uh, soccer as well, high school soccer. So we'll give him a little break. But like he said, yeah, you know, I've got a couple aside, more. He is. He's busy. He's a busy guy. All jokes aside, he is. We'll give him. We'll give him a. We'll give him a pass uh, this week. So uh, it was. So we'll we'll see what happens here in week one. So let's just go through some uh, real quick. Uh, some uh, lineup advice. Uh, and Nate, so real quickly, I'll give you a minute or two. If you want, just go ahead and, and give the best advice you can for week two on how you would go and approach your team when looking at your team. Not necessarily a lot of team owners say, okay, well, I'm projected to win this. Or the team. A lot of times you got to look a little bit deeper, hey, is this, and look at the matchups. When you get, when you look at the matchups between the two players, and, and we're going to go through some uh, matchups here, uh, for week two, but what what are your thoughts when you're you're, you're looking at more for prepping your team for a win? Uh, what do you look at more than just hey projected points? Yeah, well, my advice to answer that first question there is just ignore week one. That'd be my one big advice for week two: just ignore week one and go with what you know um, from historical figures. You know, it's one game, so that's that's kind of where my mindset is: is ignore week one and go from what I know. Um, and then as far as that goes. The, the projections, you know, they're they're, they're not going to be right every time. They're created on an average scale. But, you know, if you're weak in one area, you better really be good in another area. So a well-balanced team, I think, is super important. Let's just uh, bounce through some uh, quick matchups uh, through the through the NFL and, and then just kind of go through this. Uh, the uh, uh, Ravens are at the Bengals. Uh, there's some history there between those two teams. Uh, I, I kind of like the Bengals at home. Um, you know, there, there's a lot to look at in this game, but we'll just talk about the fantasy aspect of it. The chemistry 
Jackson and, and, and Zay Flowers had during training camp in the preseason carry over in the regular season. Uh, Flowers carried 54 yards after the catch. And the second most rookie receiver to for the, the first career of the game since 2020. Sorry, Flowers had nine uh, receptions for nine for 78 yards. Uh, so you got to look at that being a a a, a uh, good chemistry there for the Bengals and Dave Flowers. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I I agree. Again, um, both quarterbacks can run if they need to. I don't know how well Joe Burrow could run, you know, with his injuries and stuff. But if you can run, it opens your pass game. If you can pass, it opens your run game. So, yeah, both both teams have a lot of talent. So that's going to be a really good matchup fantasy-wise. Another good matchup that I'm looking at is, and maybe just because I'm still looking at Green Bay, Jalen Hurts, I, I like uh, Jalen Hurts. And, and, of course, they, they play the Falcons, the pa- both the Packers and the Falcons won in, in, in uh, week one. Uh, the Packers are on the road to, to the Falcons. And, uh, and the Falcons quarterback, Deshaun Ritter, has thrown zero interceptions in his first five career starts, a 3-2 record. So he should become the first quarterback to throw zero picks in, in the first six starts, um, which goes back to 1950. That hasn't, that hasn't happened. So, you know, what to know for fantasy, I, I would say never, ever underestimate the Packers defense, uh, even though Green Bay wasn't perfect there uh, when, it, when it comes to stopping their runs. Uh, but again, we were, we're talking about the Bears and and and, and Justin Fields. Uh, first of all, are the Bears as bad as they showed this on Sunday, or or did the Bears just give us the bad first one outlook? I, I digress. The, the, bit. the Bear, they're an, they're an NFL team. I mean, as far as that goes, I I was looking at. Uh, you know, lines for preseason future bets a couple of weeks ago, and I saw that there were there's paying a ton of money for the Indianapolis Colts to win zero games. Um, and you look from there, that's where I originally started, and it was like paying you know ten bucks to win a couple thousand on anyone to get, win zero games. So as far as that goes, it's the NFL that's competitive. So I, I think the Bears, you know, they're not at the top of the league by any means, but I think they're going to win some games, and they'll win some games against some really good teams. So. I don't want to talk too bad about them, but no, I don't think they're winning any Super Bowls this year. Well, let's talk a little bit about running backs. Obviously, running backs are a huge part of a PBR league, which which we uh, play in ourselves. Obviously, your Christian McCaffrey's the top of, of, of the list there. Shaquan Barkley, Derrick Henry, uh, Bashan Robinson, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb. Uh, now, where it gets interesting is Josh Jacobs for Las Vegas, Joe Mixon, who I have, Kenneth Walker. Those are all key. I don't want to call them sleepers, but they are uh, ones that would have probably been taken in the late draft. If you're looking at your waiver wire, if you're looking to cost your league for some running backs and you need some running backs, what's the best approach that you could give fantasy owners for coming up with the best running back scenario that you can that you can have in a PPR? Who's getting the most touches is all I would look at. Who who is get more touches than the other guy in the game? Um, I would ignore the projections on those. I would see, I'd go through and look and see who got more receptions and rushes, who touched the ball more than anybody else, and that's who I would pick up. Let's look at the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Obviously, I was at that game against the Colts and had a great uh, first start. Uh, and the Colts did exactly what we probably thought they were going to do against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has, has seemed to have had their number over the last few years. And we know that the Colts here in Indianapolis are not going to be that dominant team. We just know it is, so we just accept it and move on. 
but I think where the biggest disappointment in NFL Week One uh, was the loss that Kansas City uh, got, and everybody thought, "Oh man, now, oh, you know." Of course, the the memes were going crazy and, and so forth, so forth. But you know, at, at the same time, it was the Lions. But maybe the Lions are that good, or were Kansas City that bad? So it's a really interesting matchup uh, this week with the Chiefs and the Jaguars, and what some of the things to look at for fantasy. The Chiefs are normally very, very disciplined team, but they were sloppy against the Lions, and there were multiple instances where, where players uh, blocked the same player or ran into each other while running the route. It was just very, very clumsy and very uh, non-Kansas City Chief way of, of, of operating against the Lions. Uh, so if you're looking at the Chiefs and you got some fantasy players, as you said, throw out week one, uh, but do you throw out week one with the Chiefs? Um. I do. Just like my comment a couple of minutes ago, it's the NFL. Any team can be any team. And I do. I think. I think the Lions are on. They're they're coming up. They're a little bit. They're going to be a competitive team. Um, I think. You know, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I, I'm not going to get too worked up over the week one loss. I I think the Chiefs. They're maybe I don't know what you call it. They're a little celebration hungover from the Super Bowl. I don't know. But you know, if when you're successful and you start winning a lot, things are going your way, you get complacent. I probably think that's my, that might be what happened. They kinda of went in that game a little complacent. You know, the prep wasn't where it needed to be. Just like you said, their running backs or their receivers are running into each other. Um I would just kinda of flush that if I'm with the Chiefs and move on. I think the Chiefs are gonna be just fine. We've got one more game, one ma- one more matchup and we'll let you get out of here with fantasy uh football huddle. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's talk about the Lions. We still let's talk about the Jared Goff. I mean, really, if history is any indication, uh, you know, the fans at Ford Field should be very excited about what the, what's in store for the Lions, what was in store for the Lions, what is in store for the Lions home opener. Sorry, I, I still can't talk on a, on a Saturday morning. Uh, in NFL history, no two teams have combined for at least 80 points in three consecutive meetings. However, the Lions, the Seahawks, have a chance to do that on Sunday. Last year, Seattle beat Detroit 48-45, and in 2021, it beat the Lions 51-29. But Detroit is coming off a huge win versus uh, the defending Super Bowl champions, as we saw last last week. Uh, I look for uh, Detroit's Adrian Hutchinson will have at least two sacks, and you know I, I really like uh, Detroit in this, in this matchup. But I, I kind of like to see where uh, Detroit's going to do. But let's talk a little bit about Jared Goff in the fantasy football world. He performs very well at Ford Field. He's averaged 275 uh, passing yards and 21.67 points per game at home since 2017. The Seahawks defense has ranked near the bottom of the league. I would say Jared Goff deserves a starting uh, roster lineup if he's the best you got right now in your league. I agree, hundred um, percent. You know, he's got it every week. He's he's real reliable. Um, you know, he'll do awesome. I, I agree with you, hundred percent there. Nate Snyder, former uh, kicker, we've learned. I got to come up with a great nickname for you, man. I got to come up with. So, so if, uh, are you are you a Hoosier or are you a Cajun? Uh, I'm a Hoosier, born and raised. Um, <laughs> you know, Indiana. And and then I'm here. I'm, and then I'm rooting for the Cajuns just as hard. So, uh, but I live here. I, I can physically go to IU games, which we went to the opener. Um, I can't really take a weekend trip down to Louisiana. So, uh, as far as that goes, I, I, I root for both. But I, if I had to claim one, you know, it's thirty minute drive down the road to go to an IU game. Well, I, I'm a, I'm an IU guy. I'm an IU alum. 
I like watching Notre Dame. I've been to their their games, but yeah, some of them, we're going to be going to the Rutgers game, which I when I bought the tickets, I, I guess I just it's been so long since I've been to a homecoming game. I didn't realize it was homecoming. So, are you going to go to that game? Um, I might. I don't know. I I've got a four month old, so my schedule yeah. is dependent upon what he lets me do. Um, so I met. If he lets me I go, met. I think uh, I'll go. I met the young Snyder the other day at our, at our little golf outing, man. I, I loved how you were uh, golfing with one hand and the, and the, the young Snyder in the other hand. I loved it. I would have loved it. I was just like further, but yeah, it was fun. Well, I, we were like, now wait a minute, is is, is the is the baby going to go and the ball stay? I mean, <laughs> right? That would have been good. Right. I, I think I think the missus would have been a little unhappy with you at that time. Nate Snyder, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we follow you on Twitter, but where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, and we appreciate you jumping on. You always are welcome to come on. Uh, and I know you got a busy day, but I appreciate you jumping on and talking some fantasy football with us and helping us get our fantasy uh, football lined up across the nation. But you're on Twitter, but where can people find you there on Twitter? N underscore Snyder 9. That's on all platforms. Same. Was that your, was that your college kicking number? No, I was so I played football since third grade. It was my number all through Bantam, up through high school, and then I was number ninety nine in high school. I was ninety nine at IU, and then at Louisiana, I was thirty six, which is a random number there. But I, I like love nine. It. Well, you're number you're you're number one here today, brother. You're number one number Thank one you. in the fantasy Thank football huddle. <laughs> we'll talk with you soon, man. Have a good weekend. Good time. You too. Right, buddy, bye we'll bye. Bye. Nate Schneider, uh, former uh, Louisiana Cajun. Uh, kicker, which by the way, Louisiana uh, plays UAB today. I meant to ask him what he thought about that. Uh, the spread is two and a half there. So well, I might throw something on there in honor to Nate Snyder uh, for the uh, uh, Raging Cajuns today and see, and, and see what happens with that one. See if they can make things happen. You know, we've got me coming up, me and you for the, uh, for the next uh, 20 minutes or so. We're going to be breaking down. I want to talk a little bit about yesterday's NASCAR race. Uh, what a Fun race that was to watch it. The return of, uh, of Dale Jr. in the uh, to Bristol hadn't been there for for many years, and so it was good to watch that. And, and you know, let's just say that he uh, he had a bit of a uh, well, shall we say a hot race? We we, we talk about talk about hot laps. Uh, what about a hot race? It was a hot race for. Dale Jr. Thank you, Nat Snyder, for joining us. Make sure you follow him on Twitter uh, and uh, follow John as well, uh, our other uh, fantasy football partner. And, and certainly you as a fantasy football owner, you're more than welcome to join us uh, every week on Fantasy Football Huddle. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got me! Ow! They're one of my eyes! We're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is... Great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, what you, what you, what you talking about, huh? <laughs> 
Back to the balance. My name is Tom Mark with Al Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. This is the balance. We do this thing called the balance every Saturday morning. I atop the balance studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Thank you, Nate Snyder, uh, for joining us. Uh, John Tripp was not able to join us today, but that's okay. I know he's a very, very busy man. And it was uh, fun to talk to Nate a little bit about uh, his college uh, uh, kicking career and I guess he was, and we're going to, I'm going to post after the show, uh, a, uh, just a, an interview that he was able to do after getting a game winning 57 yard game winning kick, uh, in, in Louisiana Rage Cajuns uh, kick for, uh, IU went to center Grove here in, uh, the South suburbs of Indianapolis. So he, he's a Trojan How about that. Uh, so, um, yeah, just kind of a fun fact with him. I appreciate uh, Nate. Uh, uh, he's a, he's a good around all around guy. I work with him. Uh, uh, we were on a, at a golf outing uh, on Thursday. Uh, yeah, no, it was a top, back kind of like top golf. But uh, uh, he had his his wife and, and little baby there. And in one hand, he was holding his his baby. The other hand, he was he was he was able to get off his his golf shot. It was, it was pretty classic, actually. Uh, so we were we were having a little fun bets. Let's uh, let, let's hope that the, the baby doesn't go and the, the ball. <laughs> So anyway, good to have Nate on, and make sure you follow him on Twitter. We've got him up on our Twitter, uh, and I do not have his uh, Twitter handle memorized. Uh, so uh, certainly, fantasy football huddle. We're going to be doing this every week through the NFL season. Feel free to join us. Uh, just drop us a, they say, slide into our DM. That sounds kind of fun, right? <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm never going to be able to use that. I'm just not. It's just not going to work out for me. But. Uh, you know, so yeah, slide on into our DMs, and, and we'll get you set up with us here for a few minutes and talk about your fantasy football team. And, and you know, also, if you're listening to us here on the podcast, which I know a lot of you are, uh, just go ahead and hit subscribe and like. We know how awesome you are. We are, but we want to know how awesome you are. And the other good thing about my doing that is that when we drop a show, it'll be every week. Uh, you know, oh, there's a balance. i got to drop everything that I'm doing right now and, and tune into the balance. And, and you can also – Check out the podcast here on our website, uh, balancesportscast.com. Go to the little right-hand side. All of our podcasts are right there. Uh, and anywhere you get your podcasts, we appreciate it. Follow us in, in the book of Twitter. Or should we say the book of X? The book of X. <laughs> I don't, the, the artist formerly known as Twitter is now X. Uh, that's, that's where we're at now. That's where we're at. So nonetheless, okay, we're on the X, around the Twitter. Follow us there at T-Balance, and on Facebook, just follow us the balance, and we're real easy uh, to find. Glad to have you along. You're here with me for the next few minutes. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor, is going to be breaking down, uh, well, his two weeks. He's already had two weeks and two wins while everybody else is just going into week two. Uh, how, how about that? Uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Nice win with the, with the Philadelphia Eagles over the Vikings. Uh, nice win with Philadelphia Eagles over, over the Patriots. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that. I'm going to get in more conversation about Aaron Rodgers and, and you know, that story. And uh, certainly talk about the NFL in week two as, as we get 
uh, through to things. Last night, though, great race out in Bristol. I mean, you know, you got races that even if, even if you're not a big-time NASCAR fan or IndyCar, there's just certain races you watch. You know, in, in IndyCar, Indianapolis 500, that's just one that you, you've got to watch or be a part of. And Bristol is on, on my bucket list to uh, go to. Uh, but Bristol, and we saw the return of a junior to Bristol. And, uh, you know, you don't even have to be a race fan to know who Dale Jr. is, right? Uh, so he made an appearance. And in, in, in the thing about it, one of his drivers was racing him for, for the lead. Uh, but uh, he had a he had a weird uh, he had a weird experience uh, that caused him to to pull in the pit. He was his car was on fire. And then you know, I thought, well, maybe because he said he didn't want to do he didn't want he didn't want to ruin the evening for other drivers, and he knew that his driver was like, maybe maybe it's just a little Hollywood here uh, because the officials weren't even coming over. And well, then we realized, hey, there's smoke in the cockpit there of his car. And then later on, at the end of the race, when they were talking to him, he was showing the burnt marks on it. So I don't think it was Hollywood. If it was, they did a they did a great Academy Award winning winning job of it. But yeah, it was nice to see uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, get in there. And you know what? He, he was there at the lead for a little bit, and he said he would have been happy with the top 15. Uh, and had he stayed in the race, he would have he would have ended in the top five easily. So you know, Dale Jr. still got it. Still got it, but it was a it was a great race, you know. After making a late race pit stop for uh, for four fresh tires, number seven Justin Allgaier raced through the field to win the Xfinity uh, Series uh, Food City 300 at Bristol um, there in Tennessee, and uh, and he also races for uh, Dale Jr. and uh, we I guess we found out yesterday he's going to be around for a, another year or so. It was so good, and then his helmet on the back of his helmet is uh, his uh, uh, daughter. I believe it was Sam, or, or maybe I'm thinking of another driver, but his. Uh, I think it, actually I'm thinking of Daniel Hemrick on the back of his helmet is, uh, you know, it's your turn, designed by his daughter. Speaking of Daniel Hemrick, he led 33 laps in it, and he won me 60 bucks, by the way. Thank you very much there, Danny boy. Uh, he, he led 33 laps. I, I, had him, I had him finishing, I believe, in the top three. I did all right. I did all right in the DraftKings yesterday in, in the Xfinity. So, so I had my good days and my bad days. So yesterday was an all right day. So we'll we'll take it. But yeah, he led 33 laps in the late race to to really finish up, you know, runner up and losing uh, the lead over just 10 laps remaining to John Hunter Namachek placed third, and then with pole setter stage one winner uh, Cole Custer, and then Chandler Smith ran rounding out the top five. Uh, yeah, this is playoffs. You know, all, all bets are all bets are off, or all bets are on. You know, Ryan Seek finished sixth uh, with uh, 19 Trevor Bain and, and number 98 uh, Riley Hurst and then Sammy Smith, and then Kyle Zagrola completing your top 10. JR Motorsports, though, teammates Sam Mayer and Josh Berry angled on lap 168, collecting uh, Brandon Jones. All three cars failed to finish. Later in the in the final stage, uh, Sheldon Creek got into the rear of Richard Children's teammate. A very exciting race. Other playoff driver finishes: uh, Creed, Parker Kligerman, uh, Hill, Sam Mayer, Barry was in 36. Uh, so there were eight lead changes and five drivers and six cautions and 48 yellow flags. The average speed was 
85 miles an hour. Remember that? That seems really slow for NASCAR. That's almost as fast as I can drive on the interstate. I think it goes 70, and they say, oh, you can, you can push it to 80 before maybe getting a ticket. I'm not that guy. Ask anybody that rides with me or I ride with. And speaking of Tennessee, we've got a matchup tonight. Tennessee, baby. You know, we're, uh, we are uh, Vols fan, isn't it, Sam? Let's just say we're a lot of different fans. <laughs> but we are the Vols. Melissa is a big Vols fan. I, I've evolved to be a Vols fan. We're IU fans. Uh, we're Notre Dame fans. But tonight, it's going to be a big game. Now, we're talking big SEC uh, matchup between Florida and Tennessee. And this game, I think it's going to be fun to watch. And I don't always get to watch a lot of games going on on Saturday evening, but I think I'm going to make some time for at least part of this game. Uh, number Tennessee is at 11. And uh, will aim, aim to, for its first win at Florida since 2003 in the Swamp. Our Anthony Richardson went to Florida. He was a Gator. There's, there's that. There's that. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be an exciting uh, game at, at Bill Griffin Stadium there in Gainesville. It used to be called the Swamp. Maybe it still is. Uh, but uh, we'll probably put a little money on that, that game tonight. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, Florida versus Tennessee spread is five and a half, uh, over under is 56 points. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but, you know, honestly, and here's the thing. I, I, I try to be careful what I say here. Remember, uh, we're in a a, a uh, Tennessee family here. <laughs> I, I, I think if you go with the cover, if you, if you go with uh, Tennessee to cover, they, they can do that. I mean, I'm sorry, with Florida to cover, they can do that. Florida's dominated Tennessee the last uh, last times these teams met in Gainesville, with the Gators racking up 505 yards of offense in, 38, in a 38 to 14 final. Their offense to, turned an, another explosive outing in Knoxville last year, finishing 594 yards in a 38-33 loss. They are coming off a 49-7 win over McNessie State and Montreal Johnson. Uh, rush for 119 yards. So, you know, yeah, Florida can cover. Now, so can Tennessee. Tennessee snapped a five-game losing streak in this series last season, and it's coming up uh, off of a pair of blowout wins uh, to open the 2023 campaign. Uh, so the Vols uh, put up 49 points against Virginia in their opener. Good to see the Vols get a good start, and, and I, I, we'll see we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, right now uh, – yeah, Florida's the favorite, but we'll see. We'll see what's what's going on. Nine one seven eight nine eight five one six is my digits. A few more minutes here with me. We're going to go through some of these college games and the spread, and I'll kind of give you what uh, what my thoughts are on this. Uh, certainly, feel free to give us a call and 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 tell me a little bit about what your thoughts are. Was hoping to have uh, Adam Jevedon in today. Uh, he's uh, certainly our college football co-pilot, but I know he's got a lot going on as well. You know, I don't understand why people have higher priorities than the balance. <laughs> Getting, hey, it's it's my job to lead this ship. I am the ship leader. I am the captain. And you guys are lucky that you have me as I am on loan from God to you. So it is my job to make sure that you're set up uh, for uh, 
everything in, in the sports world. Let's talk a little bit about <laughs> some games that I, I've got to, what I've got going on in my personal betting world. Now, I'm a high roller. I do $5 here, $10 here, $2 here. I, I know. It's going to put that mortgage up to the house or whatever. <laughs> my goal every week is when I go into draft uh, DraftKings, do I have to make a deposit this week? If I don't make a deposit, even though I don't really win, I'm good. If I have to make a deposit, well, damn, that sucks, right? So, you know, yeah, only gamble what you can afford to, to lose, you know. But we like to have fun talking about it. So let's kind of go through these uh, games while we still got a, a few more minutes here. We've got Kansas State uh, Wildcats at Missouri Tigers. Uh, my my boss, who I work with, and colleague and friend is a Missouri Tiger uh, graduate. My daughter lives in Missouri, but the spread is five and a half. And, you know, Kansas State is on the road. And now, don't get me wrong, uh, the Missouri Tigers are the real deal. But I'm going to go ahead and pick against the, the spread here, uh, Kansas State, which means they have to win by at least six points. And so that's where I'm going to go with this. Um, I, I think that's good for me on that. Um, I, I would say that's maybe even a chalk pick, uh, that Kansas State Wildcats uh, come up uh, with a win at least by six points. That's all I need uh, for them to cover the spread on it. And, that, and that's what we're talking about on that. So, you know, whether you do $5, $10, $20, whatever it be, uh, it, when, you, when, you, when you bet against or for the spread or whatever, they just have to win, by, win or lose by a certain amount of points. And that's kind of what you're betting on more than the winner and the loser. My next matchup that I got lined up is the other Louisiana State uh, team. We talked a little bit about the Raging Cajuns with Nate uh, Snyder, uh, which uh, is in West Lafayette. And that's also where the Duck Dynasty guys went to college. I'm just letting you know. Okay. But the other Louisiana State, the one that everybody pays attention to, we should say, uh, LSU and Brian Kelly's team. Uh, they've got uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and they're on the road against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, how many, how many of you can spell Mississippi? You know how you – I digress, I know. My grandpa used to help me out with spelling. He, we used to uh, come up with little sayings and how I learned how to spell words. So to this day, I can't spell Mississippi without saying, am I crooked leather, crooked leather, I crooked leather, crooked leather, I hump back, hump back, I. That's the only way I know how to spell Mississippi. So there you go. I'm going with the, I'm going with the Tigers on here. It's spread at nine and a half. Uh, you know, I, this might be one where I, I come back to bite, bite the bullet on, but I like the I like the Tigers on the road. They they've proven that they can do. And, and again, all they have to do is win by ten points. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm good I'm good for that. So that's my pick for there at LSU. Then we've got uh, Penn State Big Ten matchup, Big Penn State and Illinois. Uh, the fourteen and a half spread there. Uh, Nittany Lions are also on the road. I like the road teams this week. I have to admit, I, you'll, you'll see a trend in my picks here. I had, I do like the road picks, uh, but Penn State's uh, the spread is 14 and a half uh, against the uh, Illinois Fighting Illini and the number seven Penn State Nittany Lions are two and zero. Oh. Uh, Illinois is one and one. Uh, there is no reason, to, and this is one that is what I would call a common sense bet. There is now. Again, it's the spread. If it was a little smaller, I'd, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But at 14 and a half, and we're talking about Penn State on the road, 
again, just have to win by 15. I got to spend a lot of time on that. Next matchup, uh, you know, Steve Wilson, uh, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, couldn't join us today. Uh, but he's a big Florida State guy. That's his team, Florida State Seminoles. We're always talking smack about the Florida State Seminoles. They're number three. Uh, they're 2-0. What a great win they had last week. And there's no reason in the world to tell me that, that they're on the road as well against the Boston College at 27 and a half. They have to win by 28. I don't see that to be a problem at all. Florida State, again, common sense code here, a bet here uh, at 27 and a half go with uh, uh, Florida State. Let's look at another game. Now, this is where you guys are going to scratch your head and say, now what was this guy, El Presidente, thinking? You know, and I don't have any insider trading, trading, trading information, but I look at Alabama and I look at South Florida Blue. Now, are you? If you're looking to pick a win, yes, throw your money on the winner. What we're doing here is we're betting against the spread. Okay, so that means that if I pick Alabama in this, they're going to have to win by at least 33 points. South Florida Bulls, I don't see that happening. Now, I do see them winning. So if you're just doing a straight up pick win, absolutely go with Alabama. But if you're betting against the spread, which we're doing in this particular scenario, uh, this is one of the few home teams. And I've got a few more home teams uh, picked in my list today. But I'm going with the uh, South Florida Bulls. Uh, now, that's a very unpopular pick. And if you're going conservative and you're saying, oh, no way am I, am I going to – because you're looking at Alabama and you're looking at, okay, here's how uh, a dominant team they are. You just don't know that they can win. Uh, by 33 points. And that's that's where my bet's at. And maybe that's where I, I feel like it's a little bit, I don't know, I won't say easier. It's on ABC, by the way, um, today. But I, I uh, South Florida Bulls, there's your blood lock-in for you this week. I know, it might be unpopular. Don't bet the house. Five bucks uh, for South Florida to, to win against the spread. And they just have to lose by 33. <laughs> Which, you know, or tie, uh, for that matter. I digress. So, so let's move on to the, uh, you've got the San Diego State Aztecs. They're two and one. And they uh, are on the road against Oregon State. And this is another home team that I'm going with, 23 and a half. Uh, they are two and oh. Uh, San Diego State is on the road to Oregon. Um, I I like I like Oregon on this this particular one. So which means they they just have to win by by or lose by 24. I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. They have to win by 24. My brain's getting fried. Now, hey, here's another one. You guys are going to be scratching your head on. I, I South Carolina Gamecocks. They're on the road to number one Georgia Bulldogs. In your mind, you go straight to Georgia Bulldogs, right? Straight to the Bulldogs, because hey, they're the Georgia Bulldogs. You can look at teams like okay, hey, they're Alabama. Or, hey, they're Notre Dame. Or, hey, they're Ohio State. Again, if you're going with the winner, that might be a more clearer choice. But I like, again, I like the road teams this week uh, more than than the, the home teams. South Carolina on the road, threat is 27 and a half. Um, I'm going to roll uh, with the South Carolina Gamecocks. One more game here before we have to uh, move on and get ready uh, for um, – Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, NSI.com, some more NFL talk. We got the BYU Tigers, I mean Cougars, so sorry, 
and the Arkansas Razorback. My cousin's uh, team, he's down in Arkansas, a big Arkansas Razorback fan. Uh, they're hosting the BYU Cougars. Both teams are 2-0. and Again, as I've said before, I like the road teams. The spread is 10 and a half. Uh, so they only have to win by 11 on the road. Not that hard for BYU. Uh, so, and neither are ranked teams. So at the moment, I'm rolling with my my road course, uh, my road, my road course. I still got recent on my road picks uh, for that uh, pick on, on there for the BYU Tigers. And uh, let's just go ahead and uh, Texas Longhorns, they're my other home team. Uh, go ahead and roll with them, 28 and a half. The spread's 28 and a half. Uh, you know, that's a good, good pick for you. Let's just go ahead and throw Colorado in there, right? Because it's Colorado. It's prime time. He's a home team. I mean, that's the other home team that that I've got uh, going. I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll Deion Sanders and Buffalo. It's totally different. All right. Let's roll with them. Let's roll with them. And this is a fun bet to to go with. But the, the spread is 22 and a half. Uh, they they've managed to rank themselves number 18. Everybody's uh, liking themselves a little bison, and uh, so. And, you know, a little fun that I got here with the Tennessee-Florida game. How many points will be scored in the Tennessee-Florida game? I got 58 total points. And, again, I look for Florida to, to cover on, on this matchup. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Having a fun on a Saturday morning. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. <laughs> I'm at a party I don't want to be at. And I don't ever wear a suit and tie eye. Wondering if I can sneak up the back Nobody's even looking me in my eye Can you take my hand, finish my drink, say shall we dance? Hell yeah, you know I love you, did I ever tell you? You make it better like that Don't think I fit in at this party The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barber shark quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're one of my eyes. 
It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. so weird. Did you guys hear that? Welcome back to The Balance. My name is uh, Tom Mark with El Presidente. Get ready to jump on board with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Let's try it again now. All right, that's better. Can you hear us now? I am here. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell was that? I was coming out of the break and I unmuted your mic and then everything went, rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> oh no, Gremlins, Gremlins going everywhere, so uh, it interrupted my smooth transition, but hey, welcome back to The Balance, we had uh, Nate Snyder on the beginning of the, the show, uh, helping us break down our fantasy football huddle, and you had me uh, last uh, segment uh, going through uh, the uh, the spreads. So uh, are, are you are you in the mode yet, Ed, where you're, where you're watching your Penn State Nittany Lions? Yeah, I'm getting ready to get my face painted here as soon as we get off the show. I'm going to get the paw prints on the cheeks and the, the face I love piece, it. I mean, you know, face I love piece, it. Well, let me it, clarify. It. <laughs> yeah, the other cheeks. Okay, yeah, please clarify <laughs> that there. <laughs> so uh, your Nittany Lions are on the road against Illinois, and uh, I, I got them picked here. The, the spread is 14 and a half. I got them to when I when betting against the spread. Then I got uh, Penn, uh, Penn State Nittany Lions uh, 
will win against Illinois uh, Fighting Alana. Alana, that's a mouthful in it, uh, by <laughs> at least 15 points. You, you, you think that's a good bet? That they'll win by at least 15 oh. points on the road? Well, you know, listen, I, I would rather not counsel anyone on betting because I stink at it. But uh, <laughs> if I was a betting man, Tom, I would I would say that's a pretty good bet. I, I think the Illini always play the Penn State, and it's pretty tough though. So, you know, wager at your yeah. own risk. But yes, I, I like I do like that line as far as a Penn that's State. A, that's that's my my motto here. You know how big of a high roller I am. Yeah, that's my oh, motto. I know. Uh, so we've got uh, another fun game that we're going to be paying attention to here in this house. It's uh, Florida and Tennessee, but Tennessee's on the road to Florida. Florida can cover there, but I'm hoping for another Tennessee win. Any thoughts on that game? Going to the Swamp. Tough place to play. Going to the Swamp, um, Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, the, you know, play those Gator munchers, munchers, whatever, they, that Gator chomp they do. I like to cheer. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know. Tennessee, Tennessee's pretty good, pretty good club. I know they had a lot of guys that they replaced, but uh, <clears throat> they had a good win, I think, in our opener, right? I can't remember who it was against. Um, yeah, it was uh, against uh, Virginia. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, they they replaced a lot of good players, uh, um, but they should, you know, you get all these scholarships as a college program, so you should be able to find, <clears throat> you know, keep that cupboard full and stocked. And I think yeah. Tennessee might have done it, but that's gonna that is a good game. What time is that? Three thirty or is that tonight? Is that seven thirty? I think it's a. I, uh, let me let me check here. See if I've got that here. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Nah. Kickoff is at seven. So it's a night. Okay, seven. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'll probably be tuned in. Or I might be watching the Kelsey documentary. I have not yet had a chance to view the right. Kelsey documentary on Prime Video. The brother of the other Kelsey. Uh, the brother of the other Jason. Kelsey, right? <laughs> yeah, well, well, it depends. Yeah, Jason is the guy, the center for the Eagles, is who a documentary yeah. team followed around. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because they thought he was going to be retiring. Huh? Yeah. I said, you got to go to the red carpet event for that. Well, you know what? I skipped it because I wasn't feeling real oh. well, and I, I didn't end up going, I, and it was raining, and I'm like, you know, I don't feel so hot. I had to get up the next morning and take a train to yeah. Boston. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't want to have to take a trip into Philly Friday night in the rain and then not feel so good. And so I had to, uh, you might still hear, I have a little bit of a cold still, but, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I kind of, I kind of bailed on it. Unfortunately, it sounded like a pretty cool thing. Of course, Kelsey shows up in a, in a t-shirt and flip-flops, you know, and I'm thinking if I go, should I rent a tux, you know, <laughs> you know, but he shows up in a t-shirt and flip-flops, you know, typical offensive lineman wear, but, uh, I love it. yeah. Yeah, but I hear I've heard a lot of really good things about this documentary. You can watch it on Prime Video. They followed him around and thinking he was going to retire, <clears throat> that he was going to uh, hang it up. So that was kind of what it was based on. And then he never did. But the people that followed him around said, "Hey, they called him up and said, hey, we got enough stuff here for a, uh, for a documentary. Uh, if you if you still want to do something, we got enough footage of something that you know I think people would be interested in. So uh, you know, Love it. it's out there if you want to view it. I've heard nothing but good things about it." Well, I'm sure we'll catch it and we'll get it up on, on, on social media. Melissa also says here in my ears that you have to send us a picture of your face all painted. It's an absolute must. So there you go. Of my Of your face painted Penn State. Of your cheeks painted. 
really painted myself into a corner with that one. Uh, you did. You know, last, no last, week we were the, we were, last week we were at the Colts game, and, and a couple rows down from us was a guy that literally, I'm not kidding, you had his head shaved and then painted like a helmet. So it looked like he was wearing a helmet, but it was all paint. Crazy. <laughs> oh, my. Now, that's the guy you need a picture of right there. We got it somewhere. I don't know where it's at. We got it. We got a picture of everything. Do you, do you, do you paint? Do you paint your face? Do you, do you, do you face no. paint me? Yeah, I no, I don't. Do. The whole, I, 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 I did though a couple years ago. No, was I think it was last year. I sent you a picture of it. I got my, I got my little goatee beard, uh, blue. Yes, I, I remember. I got a blue. <laughs> so, but yeah. there's oh. my extreme. But I, I did, I did follow the crowd and got uh, some of that bling bling. So I've got a big chain with it. A horseshoe around it. I, I think I sent you a picture of that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the that's the new thing is the the bling bling. Well, let's get on into it, it here, Ed. Yeah. Ed, Ed Crash, beat writer for Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Obviously, why everybody else is getting ready for week two. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are sitting at a two and zero record, and uh, they're already headed to the Super Bowl. If you listen to the Talking Heads, uh, which is you know it's great for the for the Philadelphia Eagles, but. Let's just let's, let's go back to last week against uh, New England. New England clearly was very sloppy looking, and we knew the Vikings this last week. Their season is just going to be kind of clunky anyway. So the Eagles got some very good wins or good wins to start the season off. I mean, two and zero. We're probably going to be starting off at zero and two. You know, we got Houston this week. We'll get into that here in just a minute. So let's talk about last week. The recap with the Eagles and the uh, and really back-to-back games, if you will, in a relatively short week and, and able to, to do that, to uh, go on the road, win, and then come home to win. That's a, a pretty good accomplishment. Talk with us a little bit about the success that the Philadelphia Eagles are seeing right now uh, going into week two. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm interested to hear kind of a, you know, outside the city perspective because here in Philadelphia, the Eagles are kind of getting beat up a little bit because they're not winning the style points. Everybody's concerned that the passing game has yet to take flight. Um, you know, there's such high expectations of this team. And, yeah, they're 2-0, and and you, you can't be any better than 2-0. and And yet, you know, the talk show hosts and uh, everybody in Philadelphia, a lot of fans are, are, are not happy with the way the Eagles have looked. And, you know, to me, I don't understand that either. Kind of like face painting that I don't understand. I, I don't understand why a team that is 2-0 and coming off of a Super Bowl when, you know, there's all this talk of a Super Bowl hangover and this and that. I mean, all August long, players were inevitably asked during their time on the podium, is like, how do you put the pass ball? How do you put the Super Bowl loss, that, that gut-wrenching loss in the Super Bowl behind you? So, you know, it, it's been asked of them all summer. And here they are 2-0. and I mean, I, I thought they would be 1-1, and to be honest. I thought they would win in New England and lose to Minnesota. Um you know, but they did. And what what is surprising is their offense really hasn't done a whole lot. I know they they kind of flipped the, the you know the modern NFL on its head Thursday night, and they ran the ball like fifty times in a, in a league that's a passing league. But you know, Shane Steichen, your head coach, used to tell us mm-hmm. off the record, if you're not going to stop it, I'm going to keep running it, and you have to have the conviction to do that. And mm-hmm. Steichen, if you didn't stop something, he would just keep running it. And he was fine with that, you know, stop it. We'll run it till you stop it. 
And that's what he did. And that's what the Eagles did. And you have to have the conviction to do that. I mean, even Jason Kelsey said after the game, he's like, if you're the play caller and you call the inside zone run 18 straight times, that gets a little monotonous. And, you know, the temptation is to go away from it, but they didn't. And the Patriots couldn't stop it. I'm sorry, the Vikings couldn't stop it. So why not just keep running it? And that's what they did. And DeAndre Swift had a career high. 175 yards in his, you know, homecoming. You know, he grew up right around the corner from the from where the Eagles play in the city, and uh, it couldn't have been a better homecoming. He had a bunch of family and friends there, uh, and and it was a short turnaround from the game in New England, which was, you know, played in the rain, uh, pretty ugly conditions. Uh, you know, the Eagles kind of had to hang on late there. Uh, you know, the Patriots were driving, <clears throat> and they made a stop. Otherwise, it's first and goal inside the 10 with under 30 seconds to play in a five-point game. Um, but, you know, one of the Eagles defenders, Josh Job, made a good play late in that game after James Bradbury went out with a concussion. So, you know, this is what good teams do, in my opinion, is they find ways to win when maybe they're not playing up to their capability. And it's so early in the season, the fans' expectations are just off the charts. I mean, we still have 15, 16 more weeks of a season here. It's a marathon. And what you do in these first couple of games, yeah, I guess in the long run it matters. It's better to be 2-0 than 1-1 or 0-2, of course. But, you know, you have to figure that the team, the Eagles team is going to get better. And they're going to figure things out because we've seen it. They have basically the same personnel on the offensive side. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will say I'm surprised with the defense. You know, the defense was five new starters. It's not the same defense as last year. You have a new defensive coordinator, and they forced seven turnovers in two games. And, and they've done a good job. And that's kind of surprised me. I thought it would be, a, you know, a month before they kind of found their their sea legs, so to speak, and uh, started to develop and evolve and build that chemistry. But they've come out of the gates flying here with guys that weren't on this team last year. And that, that's the one thing that has surprised me so far with the Eagles. Well, you know, one thing about the Eagles fans, they're all in or all out. And, and uh, negophilia, negophilia uh, being Negadelphia. Negadelphia. They were talking about that today, uh, this week on, on, on the NFL uh, network. And, Here's the thing. We don't give a lot of credit to special teams and the importance that they play in a win, but you've got to really give this second win against uh, the Vikings a a very important score to the special teams. Uh, And, you know, the second win of the the year, I I guess, it didn't come easy. You mentioned that you thought you might lose to Minnesota. They did did come in, but really a big play – came on special teams that really probably everybody will forget about, but that is kind of what got a, a win for the Eagles in, in week two. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Eagles special teams? Just overall, I mean, overall, maybe special teams overall, we don't, we, we, we rely on them for a very particular reason and a very particular skill set because when they deliver, they deliver big time for the team. But your special teams did a very good job in the win against the the Vikings. Yeah, I, I guess are you talking about that fumble that uh, mm-hmm. that got forced on the punt return? Um, that that was a big play. Yeah, but listen, if they don't get that, then that then it's a, a, a big play going the other way with the with the Vikings being you know at the Eagles' thirty yeah, yard line. Justin Evans and, and Morrow was involved with that. But go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah, and Moore was a guy they cut at the end of uh, training camp. He he wasn't even on the roster the first game of the season in New England, but they had to bring him up because N'Kobe Dean went on the injured reserve because of a foot injury. So he's out for a month, N'Kobe Dean, a guy they were really counting on to play the middle linebacker spot. So, you know, Morrow wasn't even on the team uh, <clears throat> coming out of training camp. Uh, but, you know, he he made a play. And, you know, listen, the Eagles last year when they went to the Super Bowl, they were bottom five in the special teams. They were top five offense, top five defense, but they were bottom five <clears throat> in special teams. And yet they went to the Super Bowl. And I, I don't think they have really done that much to improve their special teams, to be honest. I mean, there's, they cut the punter. The punter's not even on the roster. He's on the practice squad. So they can elevate him for three games. They've already done it twice. He's got one more elevation. I'm assuming it'll be next Monday night when they go to Tampa. And then what do you do? I mean, do you bring in another guy or do you find a roster spot for him and keep him permanently? They they were looking to replace him. They brought in competition to replace Aaron Sippus. And the guy they brought in, I think, from Purdue, Ty Zentner, who did, didn't do the job. So uh, he's a question mark. But I will say the Eagles have one of the best kickers in the in the league, probably under underrated kicker. I don't think he gets the publicity that he should. Jake Elliott. He, he was the special teams player of the week in the NFC coming out of New England. He kicked four field goals, two over 50 yards, a 51-yarder and a 58-yarder. And like I said, tough conditions. It was rainy, drizzly, and he just cut right through the wind and made two 50-plus yarders. And then Thursday night, he makes one from 61 at the end of the first half. And that was a huge momentum play. You know, the Eagles forced the fumble from Justin Jefferson at the goal line in the final 30 seconds or so of the first half. And then they get the ball and they pop off two big runs to get near midfield and they get in the field goal range. And Elliott makes that 61 yarder ties a career high that he had set back in the 2017, his rookie season. I mean, how many kickers can you look at in the league that have been with the same team for the last six years? I mean, I don't think there's many and Jake Elliott. Yeah. And Jake Elliott is one of the best in the league. And that that's what makes this special teams. Uh, you know, pretty good is having that kicker that can make that kick. That gave the Eagles such a big momentum lift going into the halftime, to be honest. I mean, that made a 10-7 game. It was probably going to be 14-10 to if Jefferson doesn't fumble at the goal line and getting a touchback to the Eagles. It probably would have been 14-10 Vikings. But instead, it's 13-7 Eagles at the half because Jake Elliott can make a 61-yard field goal. And let's uh, real quickly before we move on to some other uh, leagues, uh, teams in, in the league in week one and in, in moving into to week two, um, there was a very heated exchange that got a lot of publicity uh, uh, Thursday night when Hertz and, and A.J. Brown got into it on the sidelines. Actually, Nick Seriani had to step in and come, hey, guys, those are kind of the kind of things that should maybe happen in the locker room. But you got two leaders of the team who, who really care very passionately about the team and about how it's doing. So even though you got the win in the 34-28 Thursday night, when it was far from smooth and clearly on the sidelines, uh, there was some exchange. Maybe you can give us a more detail about that from press conferences and so forth. But certainly Nick Seriani, whenever the coach has to come in and break up two players on the sideline, that's going to get a lot of attention. And unfortunately, it's a lot of negative attention. Yeah, and, you know, it's odd because Brown and Hertz are like best friends, you know, off the field. You know, they spend time together. You know, their family, you know, families are real close. Um, so, you know, that was a bit of a surprise. And, you know, listen, I don't think the Eagles handled it very well post game. You know, Nick Sirianni didn't want to address it. A.J. Brown wasn't even in the locker, wasn't even in the locker room when, when it opened. Like, he, he, did, he was gone. And that's pretty rare for A.J. Brown. He'll talk to the media 
as, as often as you want him to, but he wasn't in there. So clearly he's not happy with his production and what, getting the ball. I mean, he thinks Devontae Smith is probably getting the ball too much, I guess. And the only one to really address it was Hurts after the game. And, and, you know, I think if you address these things after the game, you don't let them fester, uh, you know, and, and now here it is it's a couple of days and people are asking about it and wondering about it. And, you know, the Eagles didn't do a good job of shutting it down, but, uh, you know, Hertz was asked about it and he, he said, you know, it's just uh, everybody wants to make plays and everybody wants to contribute. Hertz said, I have no worry about him. He's a great player, a great teammate, a great friend, and we'll do everything and anything to win. So that was the extent of any kind of post-game communication about the incident. And we'll see. I, I imagine it'll be fine. I mean, AJ's a pretty laid-back guy. Uh, but y- you hate to see if he's jealous over a teammate. I mean, Devontae Smith had a huge game. I mean, he made a 63-yard touchdown catch, a 54-yard reception. He averaged 32 yards a catch. Um, you know, if he's jealous of that, I mean, he he's going to be in the wrong place. And – Maybe the Eagles look to trade him if he's going to cause trouble, but I don't think he will. I mean, he likes to win, and the Eagles are a winning team, and, I, you know, I think he'll get over it. Well, you mentioned that you're not a super big fan of, of night games. You've got yet another night game, uh, uh, another night game in, on Monday night football. You go against the Buccaneers on the 25th. Are you going to go down to Tampa for that game, or are you going to skip this road trip? Uh, yeah, my wife and I are going down actually Wednesday or th- I think it's Thursday, actually. We're going down Thursday, and, you know, it's her favorite place in the world, Clearwater, Florida. So, <clears throat> you know, we'll spend, you know, we'll spend five nights in uh, Clearwater, and, uh, you know, we're going down early. So, yeah, I will be at the game, um, interrupting my, yeah. my fun time on Clearwater's coast. But, yeah, it'll be fun. Nice. I love uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I love so, it. yeah, so we're, we're going down, and we'll do some snorkel. We'll do whatever, you know. But, yeah, I'm, I'll be at the game, and it's a long time between now and then so the good thing about a thursday night game is even though it's late you know i don't get home until after you know it's a three you know it's really you really go to work after the game begins you know, so you're at the stadium for three hours after the game or so so i don't get home till three or three thirty in the morning um <clears throat> but the best thing is, is now i got all weekend nothing to do there you go. Uh, I love it. out of town for the weekend. My daughter's on a cruise. Uh-oh. My other daughter's on I got the whole house to myself. I'll be, it'll be wall-to-wall football Saturday and Sunday. Brent, invite the guys over for some poker and wall-to-wall football. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> I don't know. Middle-aged men drinking beer and watching football. What could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> hey, if you live around the corner, I know you'd be here. We'd be Oh, I would. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, go on to some uh, other games. Uh, You know, put on my homework cap here. And, you know, I was at the game. I always love being at Colts games. Who who does it when your team is is playing at home? Home uh, home season opener. We haven't won a season opener in a long time. Lost 31-21. Really enjoyed watching Anthony Richardson. But, that said, uh, Good points, bad points. You know, when you're at the game, you hear, okay, and uh, pass complete by Anthony Richardson. It seemed like, it seemed like pass incomplete by Anthony Richardson. Pass incomplete by Anthony Richardson. Pass incomplete by Anthony Richardson. You know, and one of the things I do like is that he can run. Scares the living hell out of me on any quarterback when it's your quarterback. But especially in our situation, you know, uh, it was really uh, – 
tone that down a little bit. So I, in my opinion, I, I, I think he took off running too much. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence were able to, to finish a win. There were some things that happened in, in, the, in the fourth quarter. that, And now, fortunately, I don't think there's anything to be too worried about. He's not on the injury report or anything like that, Anthony Richardson. But at the very end of the game, the last snap of the game, we had a Gardner Minshew. There he is, and, and I'm like, uh-oh, here we go, here we go. But fortunately, it doesn't look like anything. So when you look at the, the season opener for the Colts, uh, you don't necessarily have to wear my home or hat, but the Colts and the Jaguars, uh, what, what are you, some of your takeaways there? <clears throat> yeah, they, they need a running game is, is one of my takeaways. I mean, <clears throat> you know, that the one running back had like 13 carries for 14 yards. I mean, can it be any worse than that? Um, I think that was Jackson. Is that his name? Jackson? Yeah. They need running they need running game. And, you know, I saw it with the Vikings. The Vikings have no running game. After they got rid of Dalvin Cook, they've got nobody. They couldn't run the ball against the Eagles. Um Alexander Madison might turn that around, but he, he was awful. And, you know, their running back crew was terrible. And that's what the Colts are facing right now. Now maybe Zach is it Zach Moss is the running back? I think he's gonna play. Yes. You know, maybe he'll give them a lift, but you know, without Jonathan Taylor, and, you know, it's really a shame, to, uh, that whole situation. I mean, we, we've covered it. We've talked about it. And, yeah. you know, if Taylor's there, I think this offense looks completely different, and it's better. And without a running game, you know, if you it's like going into a game with one hand tied behind your back. If you can't run the ball in some form, then you're in trouble. You're going to count too much on, you know, you're really one-dimensional. And to ask a rookie quarterback to come in and win a game, you know, against a, a really good Jaguars defense, a team that, you know, won the division last year, that's a lot. It's a lot to ask. And I think, you know, you say all you hear is incomplete. I mean, you know, you got to, you know, I didn't know you were a half glass full uh, guy there, Tom. I thought you were an eternal optimist, but. Uh, I am. I am. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he was 24 <laughs> to 37. I, I know it, it's, it, you know, when you're, when you're rooting so hard for a team, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's sometimes hard, I guess, to be optimistic. But I, 24 for 37 for 223 with 40 yards rushing. I know it's it's scary when your quarterback runs. I mean, hey, here in Philadelphia, we've watched Hurts uh, run the ball, you know, for three years now, and it's it's hard to watch your quarterback run and take hits in the open field. You never know when he's going to get one. It's going to knock him out, extended period. So I get it. I understand the concern. But, uh, you know, I think Richardson was a bright spot uh, in the game. You know, but you can't run the ball for, what, 20 – I'm looking at the stats here now. Like, 25 yards they had running the ball if you take away his 40 yards. That, that's just not going to get it done. You need a running game to help especially a rookie quarterback. I mean, look at Hurts and his running game. If the Eagles don't have DeAndre Swift to run for 175 yards, the Eagles might have lost that game because they were really keen on Jalen Hurts trying to take away the deep stuff and really kind of spying him to make sure he didn't hurt them with his legs. So, you know, until you find a running game, you know, this offense is really going to be hampered. Uh, and, you know, hopefully Zach Moss can provide a lift in Houston this week. All right, let's talk to one of the biggest stories coming out of week one. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, a huge disappointment for the New York Jets. And, you know, I was chirping a little bit uh, to – uh, one of our fantasy football guys on, on my league at work, you know, who was all in on Aaron Rodgers. The media was all in on Aaron Rodgers. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. He's certainly one of the greats ever played the game. First round Hall of Famer. 
I, I felt like that the media really just kind of like all we heard because the only reason they did I don't get me wrong I like hard knocks shit and I haven't got a chance to see the Jets I enjoyed that when they were the Colts and you know so I enjoyed the show hard knocks but let's let's be real the only reason that they chose the Jets was because of Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers was the Messiah for the Jets it was the they they overplayed their hand they overplayed overhyped them not that Aaron Rodgers is overrated. You never want to see anybody go out like that. Very, very disappointing uh, for the Jets fans and for Aaron Rodgers himself. And, and, and hit, at his age, we don't know, but at his age right now, it could be the end of his career or at least a very a hindering part of his career. Uh, granted, he got a two-year guaranteed contract, but certainly one of the biggest stories of, of week one has to be Aaron Rodgers. Didn't even get a, a full series in. I mean, really enjoyed watching like the opening of the, because it was on 9-11 and and, and all of that, the, the, the tribute to 9-11, him running out with the American flag, and it was so cool. Uh, but then the worst happened. You're like, oh, no. And then they had, he had to be carted off, and then you're like, this isn't good. Well, well no, it's, it's Zach Jamal's team. I mean, it's his team. And, and I don't think that, that – I don't think the Jets trust him very much. And even though he was such a highly drafted, highly anticipated quarterback, it is now his team. And Aaron Rodgers, although he, he can't play – he can certainly help, and I think the plan all along was was to have Zach Wilson be a Jalen uh, Hurts uh, type. Sin- I mean, I'm sorry, a Jordan Love type. Sin- I get Jalen Hurts on my a Jordan Love type scenario where hey, let's learn, learn, learn over the next couple of years. And it's Zach Wilson's team. They weren't expecting to give uh, the Jets the, the keys to, to the, the key, if you will. Um, of course, he said all the right things. You know, hey, really disappointed. I. I love Aaron Rodgers. He's been a great mentor, all the right things. And, you know, and then, of course, there was the wet weather memes and all that. This is all the right, saying all the right things while enjoying the fact, hey, I just stole your job kind of thing. Uh, what, are, what are your takeaways about Aaron Rodgers and the whole Jets scenario and what now the, the, the roadmap for the Jets has, has changed completely? Well, yeah, it has changed. And that's why the Jets went out and traded for Rodgers because they didn't trust Zach Wilson. Uh, but now here they are stuck with Zach Wilson because Rodgers got hurt four plays in. You know, I, <clears throat> you hate to see someone get hurt. But I saw something kind of, I don't know, funny that uh, Rodgers now will get his $5 million bonus for not throwing any interceptions this season. So that's pretty cool for Aaron Rodgers, you know. I saw that too. I, I'm surprised that there's not some sort of word you say you've got to actually pay, play the season. <laughs> play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might want to read the fine print. Maybe that tweet was wrong or whatever. Maybe it does say, you know, you got to throw the ball 250 times or something. If you got to be hurt, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a weird thing if, it, if it's true, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a shame, really, because, you know, I hate to see anybody get hurt. Uh, <clears throat> and the Jets look like they have a really, you know, defense that's built for, uh, you know, a, a playoff push, if not a Super Bowl run. And the offense, you know, Rodgers meant so much to that entire team, especially the offense, just because he's Aaron Rodgers and the, the cachet that he brings, the experience he brings. And now it's not there. Like, I don't think he can even be around the team to help out. Like, if, if he wants to help Wilson, I think Wilson has to go to his house because players that are on injured reserve okay. aren't supposed to be around the team. Um, okay. At least that's the way, you know, before the new CBA came into existence, that's the way it was. And that's why 
when you place a player on IR, it kind of stinks because they can't be around the team to learn. Now you can have the playbook and you can study and you can do these things and you can visit with players, at, you know, but away from the facility. So I think Zach Wilson would have to go to Rogers' house to uh, to get any kind of counsel about, you know, a game or whatever it is, a play. Uh, so, you know, that kind of hampers them too. Uh, but, you know, I think the Jets are still good enough. And maybe Zach Wilson, he threw a bad interception when he came into that game uh, after Rodgers got hurt, which is concerning because that's what he does. He just doesn't seem to to read things out. And, you know, maybe, you know, having a week to prepare as the starter will help in some form, but the Jets are going to have to win games with that defense. And to me, that defense is really, really good. Um, they made Josh Allen look like a, you know, a, a junior varsity player. I mean, that Josh Allen threw three interceptions and fumbled once. I mean, yeah. terrible job by Josh Allen uh, in that game. And, you know, is it Josh Allen that was to blame there? Or was it the Jets defense? I like to think it was the Jets defense and that Allen will be fine beat teams he's supposed to beat, but he couldn't figure out that Jets defense. And that's how they're going to have to do it now. And so, you know, now I'm seeing Rodgers had this early surgery. Maybe he's going to try to come back some point this season, maybe for the playoffs. I I don't know. We'll see. I mean, what if Zach Wilson gets them to the playoffs and is playing well? Are you going to make the move and put Rodgers back in there? So, you know, a lot of unknowns right now, but it's I, I hate to see him get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly be monitoring when, you know, one of the Zach Wilson's got to go to Aaron Rodgers' place uh, to watch film or whatever. I'm sure that he's got a, a very nice home theater set up. I've never been to Aaron Rodgers' house. Just making a, <laughs> making a guess. Yeah, that's so a big I, leap did, I did see, I did see on Twitter where he's like hyping up his security and stuff after this happened, and they were showing pictures of his gate and their and the house off. So let's just say he has a very small compound, and the house. Looks very nice from what I've seen. So he's not suffering yeah. while he's hurting. You get a poor little guy. <laughs> oh, well, no, especially if he gets that $5 million bonus for not throwing a pick in four snaps. I mean, that's, uh, that's a pretty sweet deal yeah. if, that's, if that's true. So, yeah, no, he's not hurting for, uh, for any cash. He's actually living in New Jersey, though, so for what it's worth. Uh, who would ever thought? But uh, no, there's some really nice places in Jersey. Bruce Springsteen lives yeah, in Jersey. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some yeah, good spots in Jersey. You know, Bruce Springsteen's coming to uh, San Francisco, but uh, one of the one of my colleagues is going to that concert with her dad in San Francisco. So interesting Bruce Springsteen <laughs> connection there. And and every sports guy in the world loves Bruce Springsteen. So I'm a, I'm a Spring, Springsteen fan myself. I've never seen him in yeah. concert. I I would I'd love to go see him. Well, real quickly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Run, run I, I've in, seen him three uh, times. I've seen him three times. Oh, I love it. In on that, yeah, yeah, love it. So let's just take some quick takeaways from the NFL uh, in Week One. Running a little bit over time, but my God, let's we got to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. I mean, are the Dallas Cowboys just real? We always say in fantasy football, just throw out Week One and Two, and and then we'll go, we'll, go, we'll see how it, the dust settles. But a forty-zero curb stomping. In the, uh, with the New York Giants and a rivalry team at, at bat, uh, man, and at MetLife Stadium, Whew, yeah, boy, yeah. I'd hate. I, I if you're if you're any of the Giants players, don't show yourself in public for a long time because the New York media. I already know because I, I was listening to Boomer and Geo. They were hammering uh, the Giants. I mean, brutal. So. Uh, <laughs> 
And, and as <laughs> I mentioned, I, I've got a, a lot of my team is in the New York City, and they're a Jets and Giants fan, and, and I, I've heard it all week about how this whole go ahead fire the coach get every they're in that that kind of mode but the dallas cowboys and you you're not a dallas cowboy fan there's no eagle fan or whatever is a dallas cowboy fan but a 40 to 0 curb stomping at metlife stadium deserves at least a conversation what are your thoughts Uh, yeah i mean uh gosh i i like to tweet uh, you know, poke fun at Giants fans. I know a lot of Giants fans being here in Philadelphia, <laughs> you know, they're an hour and a half away. But, uh, I, you know, I always, you know, kind of took umbrage that Brian Dable was the coach of the year last year. You know, I thought Doug Peterson should have won that thing, uh, you know, for what he did with the Jags. And, of course, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, he beat Dable three times last year. So, you know, I always argue with them about that. So I kind of put out there on Twitter that it was nice to see the reigning coach of the year has his Giants ready to play. Uh, and, you know, predictably that got a lot of, you know, people fired up. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, to not have your team ready to play, and the Giants clearly were not ready to play. That's an indictment, not only on the table, <laughs> but on the entire staff. It was an embarrassment. You know, and now you're playing the Cardinals, who, you know, I guess they gave Washington a pretty good game last week, but, uh, you know, there's not many expectations that the Cardinals will be any good. They seem to be kind of tanking a little bit for Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. Uh, So this is a game the Giants should get well in, and we'll see how the Cowboys do against the Jets. Hey, if if they put up 40 against this Jets defense on Sunday, then then I'm, I'm all in on the Cowboys. And I... And listen, I think this could be the Cowboys' year. I thought that kind of coming into the year, I think that roster is really good. And if they can stay healthy and Mike McCarthy can, you know, coach his way out of a paper bag, then I think they could go to the Super Bowl, and then we'll see who they play there. But, you know, they're a good team. And, you know, that 40 to nothing win, you have to be careful, of course, not to overreact to anything that happens week one or week two. Um, you know, but if they come out and stomp the Jets, then, then I'm, I'm, I'm buying what they're selling. Uh, but the Giants have to get better against the Cardinals because there's not many expectations. And, you know, it just, gosh, what, it was such an embarrassment. Like, I'm looking, I'm in, New, I'm in Boston, I guess, or New England, and I'm sitting in a bar after the game, after working, and I'm watching the second half. And it, it was, you couldn't even really watch it because it was so, it was a blowout. Yeah. You know? And I hate, well, yeah, it was like, oh, God. Especially poor, poor. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, I would have hated to be a bar in a bar in New York watching that game. That would have been, uh, if you never learned to drop the F bomb, you would have definitely learned that night. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you wonder if they the closed early because everybody left at halftime. I mean, I don't know. That, that, that's the first words uh, when uh, babies in New York are born. That's the first thing they learn to say is the F bomb. That, <laughs> that's that's a that's a running joke between some coworkers. Okay, real quickly here, uh, you know, Detroit Lions, uh, our our friend, and you know well, Rick Riggin, big Detroit Lions. He's chirping yeah. big. Um, but I tell you what, they got a reason to chirp. I mean, they got a reason to chirp. They beat uh, uh, Kansas City. Now, did we learn that, you know, Travis Kel- that, that Patrick Mahomes can't win without Travis Kelsey? Or did we learn that the, De- that the Super Bowl champions are, are that hangover going on? Or did we also learn that Detroit Lions are are good this year. Now, remember last year we said when they started out really good and we were like, they don't know they're supposed to be bad. 
I don't know if that's the case. And they got old one Seattle coming in. This could be a huge week to win against the Seahawks, which will give the Detroit Tigers, uh, Detroit Tigers, thinking baseball, Detroit Lions, two straight wins uh, against uh, both Cats, you know, okay, uh, against a, a, a playoff teams from a season ago. Uh, right. The Lions haven't uh, started 2-0 since 2017, but if the Lions lose their home opener against the Seahawks, well, we're back to saying, well, there you go. It's the Lions. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, they're like, you know, to me, they're a little like the Vikings. The Vikings came into Philly Thursday night kind of desperate for a win. You know, I know it's early, but, you know, you don't want to go 0-2 to start the year. You know, and the Vikings were a playoff team. They won 13 games last year. So you figure they were going to come in, you know, fired up to, to win that game. And I know every year's different, every team's different, but it's the same with the Seahawks. You know, that was, other than the Giants being the most disappointing team, I think, of week one, I think the Seahawks were right behind them, maybe at number two, because not only did they lose, the Rams hammered them. And, you know, the, the Seahawks, I think, lost both tackles in that game, so they're coming in banged up, um, but they're also coming in desperate. But, you know, the Lions, like I said, last year when the Eagles opened there, that was one of the loudest venues you know of course it's indoor at ford field but it was one of the loudest venues i I can remember being in um you know as the media they sit the media out with the fans there in the stadium which is really cool but that place was so loud and so rocking and all these expectations for the lions so it's going to be a really really tough environment for seattle to come in and win and uh especially a banged up seattle team coming off a really disappointing opener so I, you know, I, but I like the Lions. I mean, that was a nice win. I mean, I know the Chiefs were without Travis Kelsey, and you know, Chris Jones didn't play. Their, you know, their all-world defensive tackle. Uh, but still, it was a nice win for the Lions on opening night, a night that they raised the, the Super Bowl banner in Arrowhead Stadium, and the Lions were able to rise up to the challenge, which is a credit to them. That win will serve them well, I would think. I mean. They had to come back to do it. Then they had to hang on to win it, and, and they did. And, you know, they could be for real. We'll see how they do it with the Seahawks. I think they'll win that game, to be honest. I, I just think that environment that's going to be waiting for the Seahawks is going to just be, you know, it's going to, you'll have a headache coming out of that place because it's so loud. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, uh, joining us on NFL a little bit earlier, and we're going a little bit later. But that's, that's how it all, it all balances out. Uh, so, game of the week. Who is your game of the week? Now that the, now that the uh, Eagles have played and have won, with the remaining teams of week two, this is the last question for you. Who's the game of the week and who's your winner? Well, I mean, there's a couple good ones. I, I like that Dolphins-Patriots game on Sunday night, you know, having seen the Patriots now kind of up close in, in Foxborough this past weekend. And the Dolphins coming off a really impressive win against the Chargers with Tua looking like, the early MVP candidate. So that's a Sunday nighter, uh, 8:20, and uh, that's the game I'm looking forward to is the Dolphins and Patriots because that Patriots defense to me is pretty good. Uh, their offense is, you know, not the best, so I'm not sure they'll be able to match the Dolphins if their defense gives up too many points. But I, I like that game. I think the Patriots could have a shot uh, to to beat the Dolphins. Of course, it's an AFC East game, so there's always that rivalry aspect and. It's always important to win your division games. This is a home game for the Patriots. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with an upset pick here, and I'm going to pick the Patriots to beat the Dolphins Sunday night. But it's a game I'm looking forward to. Love it. Well, I don't know what the spread is. I, I usually take a look at that on Sunday morning because everything changes throughout the week with the 
NFL. I, I learned yeah. to just make your bets on on Sunday, early Sunday afternoon when, when things when the market starts settling uh, down. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor, joins us as usual. Enjoy having you on next week. I don't think we'll, we may have to tape. We'll talk offline on that. I'm traveling to Missouri to see my awesome daughter and grandson and future son-in-law. So we're spending the weekend with them down in Missouri. Uh, nice. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good to, to see them. And so we are going to tape on Friday. So we'll talk offline on that if that can happen. But we certainly want to catch up with you and talk a little bit about what we think is going to be a win for you guys against that Tampa Bay going 3-0. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Then the, yeah. the odds yeah. keep increasing for a Super Bowl appearance against against you guys. And uh, I don't know. We'll see who the AFC team is. Might be the, might be the Bills. Might be the Colts. I mean, like, I, I, I'm not ready to Bills, go with Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not ready to go there with the Eagles. I think it's tough to get back after you lose it the year before. So I'm not quite sure they're going to be the team. I was watching NFL uh, morning, Good Morning Football, and uh, I sent you the the screenshot. So you you've got the odds that they're they're talking about. <laughs> a lot of them are saying the Eagles are are on their way, but that's okay. It's, it gives us something. Uh, it gives us what they call content, right? Hey, Kratz, where can yeah. people find your your work at Masterpieces, sir? Uh, yeah, you can hit me up at Kratzy K R A C Z E on Twitter, uh, and that's where you can find everything I I post. So, appreciate if you're a Giants fan, yeah, if you're, if you're a Giants fan, make sure you follow me because I like to poke fun at the Giants fans. <laughs> well, Colts fan is probably going to be right up there to, to be made fun of too as well because, you know, we're, we're super excited. But I, I'm yeah, worried about no, the Texans. I'm, I'm all in on the Colts, man. <laughs> I, I want them to do well. love Shane Staken. You know, I want them to see him succeed. So, yeah, I, I'm well, the, the Colts, the Colts the the question is, are we going to go back and revisit draft day with the, <laughs> the quarterback between Houston and the, and who and who uh, Indianapolis uh, is that we're both uh, uh, playing our prospective uh, uh, draft picks uh, for starting lineup. So this should be an interesting 2023 draft class matchup, if you will. Yeah, hopefully Straub plays. He's listed as questionable, I think, with a shoulder injury, so he he might have uh, to play. Okay. It might be Davis Mills. Yeah, but. Uh, hopefully, it does. Uh, I mean, even that, more kind of fun. At that point. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. We'll talk with we'll talk with you soon. You have yourself a good Thanks, week. Thanks, Tom. Have a good weekend. Okay, everybody. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, joins us. Thanks, Nate Snyder, uh, for uh, jumping in on us uh, with fantasy football huddle. I remember if you want to uh, jump in, just to slide in our DM. I, I had to say that one more time, right? Uh, follow us on the on the book of Twitters or the, or X, or formerly known as Twitter, on Facebook. Don't drink and drive it in cool. I'm out of here, deuces.